I'm Greg Casparo, and this is a Spread HD podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode six of the Spread HD podcast. Uh, this evening's show, we're going to be talking about the AFC South and the NFC South. So it's getting close to the end of our previews of the NFL teams leading into the 2019 season, as well as getting close to the end of all of the preseason episodes that we're going to be recording uh, leading into the season for both college and the NFL. Uh, with me this evening, I've got Andrew Peterson returning. If you remember, he did our college football kickoff part one, did a very good job with his predictions and analysis and storylines. I don't don't know what storylines he has in store for us this evening or or, or what, he, what he's got, but um, we uh, definitely are going to do similar format to what we've done in the past with our NFL predictions where we go into the division, go through the team and how they how they performed last year, and who they added and subtracted from their roster. Are you ready to get started, Andrew? Yep, ready to get going. All right. So uh, what we'll do is we're going to start with the uh, AFC South. We'll we'll go with AFC this time around. And um, the team that won the division last year was the Houston Texans. So Houston finished 11-5. They had a pretty hot start to the season, and then towards the end kind of faded. I remember, I think they might have even been like, 11 and three and competing for a for a wild or not a wild card but a uh, a buy in the playoffs and then New England took that number two buy from them but uh, anyway they were the number three seed last year they did lose in the wild card round to the Indianapolis Colts who also are in their division so similar a team that they had seen two times earlier in the year and the Colts got the better of them in the playoffs uh, this year they made a lot of different. Uh, changes to their roster so of note some of the players they drafted included titus How- howard an offensive tackle lonnie johnson jr a corner uh, max sharping an often another offensive tackle and kahali warring a tight end um, other players that they added uh, in free agency included bradley roby and jaleel a day a safety uh, bradley roby's a corner so they tried to shore up some of their some of their backfield because uh players that did leave included tyron matthew otherwise known as the honey badger as andrew probably remembers from the college <laughs> days at lsu and uh he was a he was a pretty uh high-end safety they had uh, especially back when he was with arizona and then they also lost kareem jackson a corner uh so do you think houston made the moves they needed to make i guess i also didn't really go through they've lost uh they lost Lamar Miller for the season. He just got injured recently. I think he tore his ACL, and they've had a couple. They've had a couple other changes. I, I know. Yeah, uh, over even the in weekend, the last couple of days. Yeah. Over the last over the weekend, uh, they parted ways with um, Jadavion Clowney. I think they traded. They no. They did they yeah. trade him or release him? I'm trying. Uh, to they traded him to the Seahawks for. I think it was Barkevius Mingo. Yeah, and, and a third round pick and. I think there's one other person. Okay. And I, I, I also was reading that the Texans don't have a general manager. <laughs> yeah. So I think, Bill yes. O'Brien has been <laughs> making the decisions, which I find to be very interesting. I, I don't know any other NFL team that has a head coach, 
I mean, maybe yeah. Bill Belichick up in New England has a lot of power, but yeah. I can't think of another NFL team where the head coach has that much of a say in terms of what they do. But hey, I mean, more power to Houston if that's how they want to run their franchise. Um, yeah, and they and also then, just traded for uh, they traded for Laramie, Laramie Tunsil, Tunsil, yeah, out of Miami. He uh, mm-hmm. he was. F- I mean, I remember watching the NFL draft in 2016 <laughs> and just watching him plummet. Yeah, the gas mask that he used to... Well, we're not going to get into what he was using this gas mask for, but he... And and it was quite a... It was just interesting because I'm pretty sure he would have probably gone amongst the top five picks. Yeah. And I think even that draft, I think the Ravens even, like, passed on him because i think you guys were picking within like the top 10 that season mm-hmm. and i think you guys like were looking at getting a, a offensive lineman and just decided to pass and i think he like went like number 16 or something to the dolphins um and he's been pretty good down in miami uh yeah i don't know if he's like an all pro but i mean he's definitely i'd say a, a top level uh left left is he a guard or a tackle i think he's a guard um uh, i think uh he's definitely he's definitely on like the blind side of the quarterback if if you got yeah. a right-handed quarterback but um i mean i'd say he's like a top level talent and but i do feel like they gave up a lot to get him and i feel like miami yeah. at this point is just like throwing in the towel for the season like they're definitely i think <laughs> yeah. they the hashtag is like tanking for tua <laughs> yeah. um so well and i mean they got josh rosen down as their, as their yeah. quarterback now or i guess i guess the real starter is going to be uh ryan fitzpatrick but uh <laughs> As as my AFC East uh, NFC East expert uh, said a couple couple weeks ago, uh, you really never know when Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> is your quarterback. How, how what kind of a season your your team's going to have? So I think Miami is definitely thrown in the towel, and uh, Houston. I don't really. I mean, I feel like they didn't really get a lot in return for Jadavion, and then I feel like they gave up a lot to get Laramie Tunsil. So I guess on a plus side, they yeah. do have a, a great lineman, but from a draft pick standpoint, I don't really know where they're sitting now, but anyway, to make a long story short, we're going to get into their, their <laughs> schedule here. Um, so as I mentioned, Texans, they won the AFC South last year. They were not 11 and five. Uh, so obviously they're going to be playing six games within the division. So they got, you know, two games against the t- Colts, Titans and Jaguars as every other team in the division is going to have. Looks like the um, AFC division they're going to play this year is the AFC West because I'm seeing Kansas City, Oakland, LA, Chargers, and uh, Broncos on the roster. And then it looks like they're also going to be playing the NFC South. Like from a whole division standpoint, Mm -hmm. they're going to play the Saints, Panthers, uh, Falcons, and Buccaneers, who we're going to talk about also on this podcast this evening. And then since Colts or the Texans uh, won the division, they're going to play the winners of the North and the East. So that would be the Ravens and Patriots respectively. So from what I see, I think it's a fairly tough schedule because I think those NFC South teams are going to be fairly decent this year. I mean, it all depends on what Carolina Panthers team shows up and what Atlanta Falcons team shows up, which we'll chat about later. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the Chiefs and the Chargers are also a tough. Uh, yeah, that's a tough, tough out. Matchup. And and the Texans have their bye week week ten, so it's kind of like towards the halfway point in the season. I'd say the front half of their schedule is a lot tougher because within those first nine games, they're going to be at New Orleans, at the Chargers, 
at the Chiefs, at the Colts, at the Jaguars. So all their road games up front are tough. Their home games are a lot more manageable. They got Jacksonville, Carolina, Atlanta, and Oakland. Um, the back half of those schedule, I think, is a little easier because of those seven games, four of them are at home, including New England, Denver, Indy, and Tennessee. And then their road games are at Baltimore, at Tennessee, at Tampa Bay. So mm-hmm. I feel like if they get rested well enough in week 10, they could come out swinging because they've got Baltimore, Indy, New England, which all those teams I think are going to be competing for a playoff spot this year. Um, but I'd say their schedule is probably going to be the toughest in that division, just given who they have to play and might even be ranked amongst like the 10 toughest schedules in the league. Um, do you think mm-hmm. Houston's going to be a competitor for winning the division again, or do you think they might be taking a step back this year? Um, I mean, I think I think they're going to be a competitor again. I think um, I think Bill O'Brien's kind of in like win now mode. So especially yeah, since he doesn't there. have a GM, so he can just trade for <laughs> whoever he, he just wants. Trade forever. He's been. I want to say he's well. He left Penn State after the 2013 season. So that means he's had 14, 15, 16, 17. That means this is his sixth year. He's, so he's been there four years or five years. I feel like they've won the division at least three of the years that he's been there. Because I feel like for the last couple of years, the, ever since the Colts made that AFC championship game, they had kind of been a non-factor because Andrew Luck got hurt a lot. And now he's retired. There was that one year that Jacksonville was like, really really good so i feel like other than that year that the colts and the jaguars are really good i feel like the texans have kind of dominated that division for a little while but they're also the team that they get into the playoffs and they they either get eliminated right away or they lose in the divisional yeah. round. like they they've never made it to the afc championship so and and i don't think even when they're in the playoffs a lot of people have them being a t- amongst a team that can threaten new england or or another yeah, top yeah. level team so I mean, I think the AFC South in general is it's pretty wide open. Yeah, it's and it's considered like one of the weaker divisions. Um, yeah, I would say. Yeah, and I would say. Yeah, as I've said, like whoever wins the division in general is not a team that I think a lot yeah. of people are expecting to win the AFC. Yeah, like they could win. They could win a wild card game, but outside of that, you know, yeah. generally not the case. Um, but so I think that like the big priority for them. Uh, was to protect Deshaun Watson because he got sacked so much last year. Right. Um, I think it was and like so they 60. did that with Laramie Tunsil. Yeah, Laramie Tunsil, and uh, their first two draft picks were both uh, linemen. So that's true. That's true. Awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, if uh, I think he got sacked like sixty some times last year, so. Um, was that most in the league or like second most in the league? I think it was most last year. Yeah. Okay. And he's but, a mobile um, quarterback too. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty. It's not like uh, it's not like Eli Manning back there or anything. <laughs> right. Or like whenever Peyton Manning was a quarterback, <laughs> oh, if yeah, like just somebody like would get down. close to him, he would just like jump up. He would like dive on the ground. He would yeah. like slide. That was like towards the end of his of his time when he was with Denver. Yeah. Uh, I don't really remember him doing it at the Colts, but if the pocket was just like collapsing, he would just like fall basically. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so it looks I guess like it te- preserved his body, but who yeah. knows? Yeah. Um, so it looks like the Texans have the fourth hardest schedule in the NFL this year. Okay. Who who else? Who's who's a harder schedule than they do? Uh, Jacksonville is third. Oh, okay. Um, we'll Denver is second. 
and then Oakland is number one. <laughs> Interesting. Huh. I would have thought for sure like a team like Chicago or another like NFC North team would be up there, but interesting well now now that i remember when we talked about the afc west i do remember looking at oakland and denver schedules and and seeing how tough they were but once again like i would have thought you know generally the teams that win the division have a tougher schedule just because they have to play the winners of those other divisions last year so like i mentioned like houston's got to play baltimore and new england but yeah you never know i guess uh Mm -hmm. we'll jump into it the Colts next, but then we'll, we'll get into the, the Jaguars in a little bit. And well, yeah, can, yeah. Probably with the Raiders and Broncos, it's just because they have to play the chiefs twice uh, and the, the chiefs chargers twice, twice and the chargers twice. That makes complete sense. All right. Okay. Um, so we'll, we'll jump into the Colts now. Cause we'll go through your like playoff seedings at the end. So Colts last year, they finished 10 and six, which was kind of a miracle. Cause I feel like last year they started the season like one and five or something like that. Like they just went on like a tear where they won a bunch of games in a row. Um, I don't recall the name of their head coach, but I think he was previously like the Eagles offensive coordinator. Um, and I think like a year ago, the Colts were like dead set on having Josh McDaniels be their head coach. And then this guy kind of came in and took over the head coaching spot. So um, I think his name is like Frank Reich, I, I think might be his name. But anyway, they were 10 and 6. They were the number six seed. They beat the Texans, as I mentioned earlier. They got to the divisional round uh, where they faced the Chiefs, and they were not as successful in that game. Uh, but the Chiefs were a pretty big pretty big power last year and could be this year as well. So um, they did have like a, a very you know valiant season considering that they started off pretty poorly. Um, I didn't really note many big losses with this roster. Um, mainly like their additions. Well, I guess the well, biggest Andrew loss Lux, is Andrew Locke Andrew is, is retired. One, yeah. 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 That's, that's a, that's a good point there. Uh, I was thinking like, you know, I developed my, you know, additions and subtractions about yeah. a month ago, but you know, that wasn't even a thought at that time. <laughs> uh, and in terms of additions, they do have Rakia Sin. He's a corner. I think he played at temple. Mm-hmm. Um, Ben Benogu, a linebacker, and Paris Campbell, a wide receiver who was uh, with Ohio State, I remember. And then Obabi, Bobby Okiriki, a linebacker, another linebacker. Yeah. And then and in, they also in, got um, Justin Houston. Yep, Justin well. Houston. He's a uh, He was a free agent acquisition. They also added Devin Funches, who was last mm-hmm. with the Panthers. Um, so DJ Moore's is definitely going to be the number one with Carolina, which we'll jump into later. But um, so I think they tried to really bolster like the backfield you know some other defensive like rockison was their that was their first pick and then gets a couple linebackers and maybe get some better wide receivers but obviously andrew luck is now no longer with the colts um so i think probably a lot of people had the colts as the favorite to win that division i think in vegas they probably had the colts as the favorite to win that division maybe even were amongst like the top three or four teams to win the afc in general but I think that that those circumstances have now changed um and looking at their schedule so since they finished second last year the only changes are they're going to be playing the steelers and the dolphins um beginning part of their schedule i'd say is like moderately hard because they're they play five games before their buys they're at the chargers at the titans home against the falcons and raiders before they're at the chiefs so they don't really have like a lot of like divisional games. They're getting a lot of those AFC West games out of the way to start. Then coming out of the bye, they got 
home against the Texans, home against the Broncos, at the Steelers, home against the Dolphins, home against the Jaguars. So I feel like those five games, four of them are at home. They, I think they really have to win a lot of those games if they want to have, have a chance. Because mm-hmm. a lot end of their schedule is at Houston, home against the Titans, at Tampa Bay, as well as at New Orleans, home against the Panthers, and then they end the year at Jacksonville. So the end has a lot of road games. Some of those teams are pretty tough, like the Saints – uh, Jaguars could be a competitor this year. Uh, the Panthers, I feel like, are the team that is either like Jack- Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde, and like they're either really, really good or really, really mediocre. But we'll talk about them later. Um, what What do you think is going to happen with the Colts, especially now Andrew Luck's retired? It was kind of a surprise, I think, sent shockwaves around the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I would say they're probably not the favorites to win the division but maybe in your eyes they, they're still gonna be be competitive I'm, I'm curious what you you think about the colts now yeah i mean i i probably would have had them to win the division before andrew luck retiring um i i don't think they're gonna win it now um i mean jacoby Brissett did he has he played a decent amount for them last year or was that the year before? I think it was 2017 because that was the year that Andrew Luck sat out. Yeah, um, uh, and I think they had a not so great. I think they were like three and 13, but at yeah. least he got experience. And yeah. then he got a little bit of experience even when he played with New England during the like Tom Brady suspension. Mm-hmm. Um, like after Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt, he he came in and played played. He finished a game and maybe even like started a game. But so he has experience, but I don't. I personally don't think Jacoby Brissett's like a an All Pro type quarterback or a Pro Bowl level quarterback. No, I mean, no, not at all. <laughs> so yeah, we'll just we'll have to wait and see. I mean, I heard heard that Andrew Luck knew he was going to retire about two weeks before he made the announcement. So I'm thinking the Colts probably had already you know by the time he announced, they probably already had a plan in place that all right, you're our you're our starter now, Jacoby. And I, I heard yeah. right before they made their cuts that they, they did sign Brian Hoyer from the the yes. Patriots. So they um, have two Super Bowl winning quarterbacks on their team now. Yeah, I guess if <laughs> yeah, I guess because both of them were on Super Bowls and they were with the Patriots, so that makes yeah. that makes sense. Two former <laughs> Patriot Patriot quarterbacks. I guess the Patriots now are, are sticking with uh, Jared Stidham as their backup. So uh yeah. out of out of uh Auburn. But um yeah, I think you're right. Like they were probably going to be the favorite. Now I would say they're not the favorite. But honestly, like I don't really know who. Th- That's what's so interesting about this division is I don't really know who the favorite is, and I don't. Yeah. Like, it's hard for me to even say like who's going to be bad. I, I think that this division is so wide open, and it makes it so, so interesting. Um, mm-hmm. But I'd say they've got to win a lot of those games coming out of the bye, as I mentioned, because especially because four out of those five games are home, and I think that they are going to play some manageable teams like. I don't think that Denver's going to be very good this year. I mean, as I had said in my, you know, first episode, it just depends on what Joe Flacco, yeah. what level Joe Flacco shows up. And I don't think Miami's going to be very good this year. As I said, no. I think they're, they've thrown in the towel. I mean, they're if you're tanking. trading your top players and your starter is Ryan Fitzpatrick and your backup <laughs> is Josh Rosen, I, I don't... <laughs> I don't think they're building that team for success. I feel, I honestly feel really, really bad for Brian Flores because he's their a first year head coach. But I mean, yeah, that's the direction they're going. So uh, let's jump into the t- Tennessee Titans now. Um, Tennessee finished third in the division. 
They were nine and seven. So they just missed out on the playoffs. And I remember last year, the, the last Sunday night football game of the season was Colts at Titans. And the winner of that game was going to get the number six seed because Pittsburgh was nine, six and one. So, and both of those teams were nine and six going into the game. So whoever was going to win was going to finish 10 and six. Although I guess technically if the, the game had ended in a tie, I'm not sure who would have won the, you know, the last seed between the Colts, Titans and Steelers. But I think that was like the only possible scenario that the Steelers could have gotten in. Um, Mm -hmm. For all intents and purposes, I think when the Ravens beat the Browns, like that was the nail in the coffin for the Steelers year. But that game was the last Sunday night game, which usually the last Sunday night game of the year has playoff implications. Uh, So Tennessee was at home. They were not, they were not favored, but I think like there were some people expecting, you know, they're at home that they are capable of winning this game. But Ultimately, the Colts won that game and, and got in. So Tennessee was left, uh, you know, finishing in eighth place, I believe, in the AFC last year. Um, of note, some players they added in the draft, they drafted Jeffrey Simmons, a defensive tackle, A.J. Brown, a wide receiver, and Nate Davis, a guard. But then in terms of outside of the draft, they added Ryan Tannehill, the longtime quarterback with the Dolphins. Um, Roger Saffold, a guard. I believe he was last with the Rams. He was actually a pretty like dependable guard. Uh, Cameron Wake, a defensive end who for a long time was with the Dolphins. I, I believe that's with where he was last season even. And they also added Adam Humphrey as a wide receiver. So a lot of additions. I don't. I couldn't really think of anybody that they lost that was super significant. Like I feel like they retained a lot of their top players but at the same time too i would say like there's nobody on the titans that i'm like oh man i gotta draft that guy for my fantasy <laughs> team like uh they did lose bling gabbert oh okay well bling, <laughs> uh, i mean yeah i guess that is a loss that is a loss i wouldn't necessarily call it a top like it's not like andrew luck retiring no but no <laughs> it's still a loss nonetheless um but like as i was saying like in terms of when they're on offense I just can't think of anybody on that team. And I'm like, man, like that's a player that I'm like really wanting yeah. to draft. Like Corey Davis is like, I think their top wide receiver. And I guess Derek Henry is their top running back. I know yeah. they also had like Dion Lewis for a little bit. I don't know if he's still on that team. Um, so yeah, I feel I, like I, I just don't know. Like Marcus <laughs> Mariota, this will be like his fifth year. Like, they've only gotten to the playoffs once since he's been there. And then like the year they got to the playoffs, they like parted ways with their head coach and like their head coach is Mike Vrabel. And he had never been a head coach. He'd never even, I don't even think he had been a coordinator before, or maybe he was a coordinator for like one year before he was hired as a head coach. But I just, that's a team. That's another, (laughs) like, that's what I'm saying. This division is just like, I, I don't know about this division. It's just up in the air. I feel comfortable thinking that the Titans are probably going to be at the bottom of the division. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, I don't. I've. I feel like Marcus Mariota is just. He's been okay since he's gotten in the league, but okay, not like. He's not. He's not getting in. He's on not the like all Sports Center top ten. Yeah. He's 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 right in the middle who reminds me of like an andy dalton uh, so just out of curiosity because we're going to talk about this other quarterback later who so in the 2015 nfl draft 
Jameis Winston was number one and Marcus Marriott was number two. Who do you think has been more successful in the NFL between those two quarterbacks? Because they both won Heisman trophies in back-to-back years. Like stats wise or, or just like who, who, if uh, you're, if you, if you had to, if you are an NFL GM and the draft is happening tonight and you have those two quarterbacks on the draft, there's no other quarterback you can take. Oh, I would, I would take Jameis Winston over Mariota. Yes. Even though the Buccaneers have never made it to the, have yet to make it to the playoffs while Jameis has been there. Uh, I think Jameis has done well with a limited supporting cast. I think. And his legal troubles. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just throwing that in there too. Yeah. I mean, we'll get into that. They'll be yeah. the last team we discuss, but yeah, oh, but I no, mean, I think, I think, um, in comparison to other, like, a lot of interceptions, but, mm-hmm. um, in he comparison, can also put up a lot of yards. Yeah. In comparison to other number one and number two quarterbacks taken in the drafts, I think both of those have not worked out in the way that those teams thought that they would, mm-hmm. but they obviously have to stick with them. Cause what other like for the titans their next option is ryan Tannehill, and i don't i don't even know what other quarterbacks on the buccaneers because they got rid of of uh ryan fitzpatrick so i don't i don't know what other backup (laughs) i don't know who james winston's backup is i mean i suppose when i look at that team later we can we can talk about that but um anyway in terms of the titans their schedule will involve the only difference is is they got the browns and the uh let's see and the bills so they don't have a buy until week 11 so they got 10 games then six games i would say just in like generically looking at their schedule the back half eh, it's kind of balanced i wouldn't say that like any half of their schedule is like more difficult than the other so they open at cleveland then they got the colts at home Jaguars at on the road, Falcons on the road, Bills at home, Broncos on the road, Chargers and Buccaneers on the at home, Carolina on the road, and then the Chiefs at home leading into their bye. Before the last six games, which are going to be critical for them, like in all with all these teams, I feel like the la- the end of their schedule is what's critical. Um, Jacksonville's at home, the Colts are, are on the road as well as the Raiders, and then they end the season home against Houston home against the saints and then at Houston. Um, you said you feel comfortable saying they're going to putting them towards the bottom of the division. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, I feel yeah. like it's either them or the Colts for the do- bottom of the division. Um, okay. Yeah. If you're looking for a funny video to watch <laughs> about the Tennessee Titans, uh, there's a comedian, uh, that I will sometimes watch named John Christ. Okay. Uh, he's also he's also like a comedian. He just like makes like little like three or four minute videos, and he's there's a, he's he kind of like sometimes teams up with another comedian. I'll I'll watch sometimes named Trey Kennedy who who also make like three or four minute videos. A lot of it's like making fun of like millennials or other things. But John Christ has a video that came out about a week ago called "Every Football Fan During Preseason," and he goes to a Titans game and the whole time is just talking about how he thinks that the, the Titans are like, you know, they're going to go all the way this year. And I, I can <laughs> tell he's like totally being sarcastic. Yeah. And during, during like the game, so that during this preseason game, the Titans are playing the Patriots and the Titans are winning by nine points. 
and he's like, oh, look, the Titans are beating the defending champions by nine points. And two years ago, the Patriots lost to the Eagles by eight, which means we're going to be Super Bowl champs. <laughs> and I feel like there are people out there who will like do that whenever they're like looking at teams like, oh, like yeah. so-and-so is losing to so-and-so, but we beat so-and-so. So therefore we could yeah, be the national champs. The like, transitive I remember, property. <laughs> <laughs> the transitive property doesn't yeah. work when your team isn't in the championship. Yeah. Like I remember, do you remember the year that Pitt beat Clemson? Yes. And, yeah. cl- and it, but it was, that was the same year Clemson won the national championship. Mm-hmm. Like there were literally people when I went to the work the next day after Clemson won that were like, well, we beat Pitt on the road <laughs> and Clemson lost or Clemson just won the national championship against Alabama. So therefore we are the national champs. So I was like, <laughs> you guys, I think they were like seven and five that year. I don't even know if they won. I don't even know if Pitt won their bowl game, but it was just like, I love when people use the transitive property <laughs> and I feel like, anyway, I'll send you the video after we're done yeah, with the, okay. the recording, but it was, it was entertaining. Um, <laughs> so needless to say, let's jump into the Jacksonville Jaguars. This was uh, a team last year that um, finished five and 11. I would say disappointment last year, especially because the year before uh, they were either like 11 and five or 10 and six, they were the three seed and they got all the way to the AFC championship. They, upset pittsburgh um they had one of the worst playoff games that i've ever seen when they played the bills yeah. <laughs> i think the final score of that game was like 10 to 3 or 10 to 7 like yeah. it was almost like both of those teams like didn't know what to do because they both hadn't been in the playoffs in a while especially the bills like i'm sure bills mafia was going in absolutely insane in the parking lot in jacksonville but um Needless to say, one of the worst playoff games I ever saw two years ago when I was watching it on TV, but Jacksonville didn't get to the playoffs last year. I believe like Tom Coughlin is like a vice president with that team last year, and he had some very stern words to say about um, Leonard Fournette, and I think they like literally benched Leonard Fournette the rest of the season when it was like week 15 or 16. Um, yeah. Very, very openly public stern words i don't remember exactly what he said but he was basically like this team can't win because we don't have people here who want to win or something like that or people who care about themselves but anyway jacksonville um made a lot of i think like they got one of the best players in the draft when they drafted josh allen out of kentucky i honestly thought you know outside of like nick bosa and quinnon williams i thought he was like the next best defensive player and this past year's like draft was a very like defensive heavy draft especially towards Mm -hmm. the top but i was a little bit surprised when josh allen was still available at number seven i think he was like defensive player of the year in the sec last year um he's very like versatile playing like both like defensive end and linebacker so i think that was like a really good pickup especially given that the defense for jacksonville is already pretty decent um other main draft picks they had was Jawan Taylor. He was an offensive tackle and Josh Oliver, a tight end as well as Quincy Williams, another linebacker. But then the big free agency acquisition, the Jaguars made was getting Nick Foles quarterback from the Eagles, the Super Bowl MVP, Nick Foles, might I yes. add. And <laughs> he's a legend in the Philadelphia he is a legend. area. Will be, <laughs> even though he hasn't played there a ton, I wouldn't be shocked if, there's like a statue or something in Philly <laughs> at one point, even yeah. though the guy was not the starter, but Hey, it's, it's a great story. Um, yeah. In getting Nick Foles, they did let go of Blake Bortles, <laughs> which Blake Bortles is now at the Rams. So he can be Sean McVay's, you know, pupil, if you will, sitting behind, uh, 
sitting behind uh, who's the Rams? I'm trying to remember. Jared Rams. Goff. Jared, Jared, sitting behind Jared Goff. Thank you. Um, so Blake Bortles can <laughs> he could probably learn a thing or two from Sean McVay because it didn't look like he was learning a ton in uh, yeah. in Jacksonville. I don't know. And I don't know if you've ever saw there was like some like NFL cribs video that like Barstool Sports did a couple years ago where it was like they went to like Blake Bortles's like apartment or house that he was living in in Jacksonville. I could just like tell from watching that video like the dude was like born and raised Florida and just like he didn't want to go anywhere else but I guess he probably like saw the writing on the wall and was like I need to like do some make a change in order to like up my career so Blake Bortles is now with the Rams they also lost Dante Moncrief he actually went to the Steelers I believe he's like mm-hmm. the number two behind Juju now um then they also let go of Carlos Hyde which he was a like mid-season acquisition um that the Browns either tra- I think they traded him to Jacksonville because the Browns um I think like right after like Nick Chubb kind of became the main back they they parted ways with which Carlos Hyde was like an Ohio State running back so mm-hmm. I was a little bit surprised to see that cuz I feel like the fans in Cleveland really liked him but I mean I think Nick Chubb's like the main guy and the Browns have like made a lot of changes with running back like they Duke Johnson's now with the Texans although Duke Johnson didn't really want to be with with uh the browns anymore but they also have um, up in cleveland they also have cream hunt which he won't although he won't play until week nine or ten but yeah anyway um so jacksonville parted ways with a couple offensive players but um i think they really made a splash when they got nick Foles, um especially given his his winning nature that's probably what tom coughlin resonated is this guy was a winner so (laughs) um with that they're only big changes with the schedules instead of play they play the bottom of the division since they finished last for the uh afc north and east so they got the bengals and the jets which man those are <laughs> there's just some teams we gotta watch out for this year um i'm sure this will be a thursday night uh matchups um, i'm looking it looks like actually both of them are sunday games but they're one o'clock uh, games so uh, okay not a not a lot of you know prime <laughs> prime time they do they do, in terms of prime time they have a week three uh i'm guessing it's a thursday night game against the titans which okay. i'm assuming how many, be time, in, how many times are they playing in uh london this year uh well it looks like they're playing the texans on november 3rd because i see that the game starts at 9 30 okay but like the you're right though the jaguars are a team that always plays in london because their owner is willing to just give up a home game to go to <laughs> london so more power to him um but yeah, it looks like they play Houston at 9.30 a.m., so I'm guessing that's when they play in London. Um, okay. Their bye is week 10. The front half of their schedule, I wouldn't say is any more. I feel like it's a pretty balanced schedule, so they open at home against Houston, or not Houston, at home against Kansas City. Then they're on the road against Houston before they're at home against Tennessee. Then they got back-to-back road games against Denver and Carolina before they're home against Saints. And then they're at Cincinnati, home against the Jets, home against the Texans. Um, after the bye, again, I wouldn't say it's any more challenging than the beginning. They're at Indy and Tennessee before they have back-to-back home games against the Buccaneers and Chargers. Then they end the season at Oakland, at Tampa, at uh, Atlanta, and then ho- they end the season home against Indy. So I'd say pretty balanced schedule. Like It's nice that their bye is like almost exactly halfway through the year. Um, so as I mentioned, they added Nick Foles. They got rid of a bunch of other offensive players that I don't necessarily think maybe were panning out in that system. 
Mm-hmm. What are you expecting out of the the Jags? Um, I th- I feel like I think they'll be kind of a middle of the road team. Um, okay. I feel. I think Nick Foles is an upgrade over Blake Bortles, oh, but yeah. I'm not sure like how much. Um, just just because Nick Foles, I mean, before the Super Bowl run, his whole mm. career was kind of inconsistent. So I don't know if that was yeah. just like a like a a flash in the pan, a Joe Flacco esque. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> Super Where Bowl he had run. like 11 touchdowns and no yeah. interceptions on the yeah. way of the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. But um, he's been there. Yeah, done and that, I feel though. like. I feel like he, there's also outside of Leonard Fournette, there's not like a ton of weapons on the offense. Like for their wide receivers, I'm looking at their depth chart. They have got D.D. Westbrook, man. He's on my D- fantasy team. D.D. Westbrook, Chris <laughs> Conley, and Terrell Pryor. <laughs> wow. Um, if Terrell Pryor is, is still on your <laughs> roster and is a top-level wide receiver threat, then – yeah, I think you're right, but oh, they also, have, also they have Marquise Lee as well. Uh, but, but Marquise Lee has been like hurt a lot. Yeah, I remember they ha- there was a year where the Jaguars had. Um, do you remember when they had Allen Robinson? Yeah, and he like put up he would put up some like pretty big numbers with Jacksonville, but he got hurt like the first like drive of their season, and then oh yeah, he met, and, also, and he was on um, my fantasy team that year, so I had to get rid of him, uh, when they but. had uh, Justin Blackman. He was well, like, that guy. He was doing amazing for them, but then, yeah, his, he unfortunately he kind of went downhill quick. Struggles with alcohol too. Yeah. I know he like had a couple DUIs, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, just um, you know, couldn't get that part of his game to go. I don't even think he's playing in the NFL anymore. Um, I don't think so. But he, I mean, he did when he was at Oklahoma State. He was he won the Boletnikoff Award for like best yeah. wide receiver, maybe even he, like twice. And he was doing pretty well in uh, Jacksonville. Yeah. But they, I think, even drafted him in the top amongst the top like seven or eight players in the draft. So, um, all right. So you think middle of the road team? Yeah, yeah. Their defense Tennessee, is pretty solid. Um, Tennessee, you're thinking is going to be the bottom, and then you think I'm guessing you think the division will either be Houston or Indy, which we'll get into at the end. But yeah, okay. So. uh all right, so we're done with the AFC South. We're now going to jump to the NFC South. Uh, so the team that won that division was the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Saints, I believe they were 13-3 and last year. They were the number one seed in the NFC. Uh, they won their divisional round game in a, in a pretty tight game against the Eagles. I think that game was like 20-14, to or it was like a pretty, pretty competitive game. Uh, they did, though, lose in the NFC Championship to the Rams, in which... Had, kind of had a controversial ending towards the end of that fourth quarter. Um, <laughs> I did not watch the game live. I was actually at a wedding that day. Um, so I heard like people talking about it, but I didn't, you know, the only highlight I saw was like some, you know, Greg Zerline kicking the game winning field goal or whatever for the Rams. But um, did that game go into overtime or, or did the Rams win it like at the very end of regulation? I don't know if you remember. Yeah, that. I don't, I don't remember. All I remember was whatever drive that the saints had where that pass interference happened that wasn't called. People were like suspecting that the saints were like going to go and like score a touchdown. And I guess that would have like put them over the top. Cause I think like if the Rams didn't win the game in overtime, they won it at the end of regulation and like they barely had any time on the clock and Greg Zerline hit like a 60 something yard field goal or something ridiculous. So, mm-hmm. um, anyway, so saints disappointing. And there were a lot of saints fans where they like boycotted the super bowl and, <laughs> yeah. and whatnot. Um, 
I don't really have this team as like making a lot of like big like off season moves like Latavius Murray they added he I think last he's a running back who I think last was playing with the Vikings mm-hmm. and then they drafted Eric McCoy a center he was their only like pick that they had in the first three rounds of the drafts they w- weren't really able to like capitalize in the draft this year like some other teams mm-hmm. um, and then in terms of losses they did lose Max Unger a center I think he might have retired he did um, yeah. But, Okay, and then Eric McCoy's. I think they're expecting he'll try and replace him. And then they also lost Mark Ingram. So Alvin Kamara, I think, is is really going to be the the feature back there. Because I I guess Latavius Murray they also added. So maybe they're expecting Latavius to have a couple carries here and there. But um, Mm -hmm. for all intents and purposes, I think Alvin Kamara is going to be the the big name down in in the Big Easy. Um, Their schedule I'm pulling up right now. Uh, so obviously they're going to be playing the Falcons twice, Panthers twice, and, and Buccaneers twice, given that they're all in the same division. Um, I think we mentioned earlier they play the AFC South. So they mentioned all of those mediocre <laughs> to mid-level bottom of the roster teams that we just got through. So I wouldn't say from an AFC standpoint that they have much to worry about. Um, in terms of the NFC division that this whole division is going to play, it looks like it's the West. So that means they're going to be playing – the Cardinals, Seahawks, Rams, and the 49ers. Uh, and then they will play the divisional winners of the NFC East and the NFC North. So that would include the Bears and the Cowboys. So their buy is perfectly in week nine. So they got eight games up front, eight games in the back. Um, and just like looking at it, generically i feel like the front half of their schedule is more difficult and the end is a little bit more manageable so um you know if this team is like maybe like five and three or something going into the bye i wouldn't be like overly concerned uh because they start the season home against houston at the rams at the seahawks home against the cowboys so those three games like that could be a pretty tough stretch um but then they've got home against the buccaneers at jacksonville at Chicago, home against the Cardinals. So that's why I'm saying, like, if they're five and three, that's not like anything to be like alarmed at because or even like four and four, because coming out of the bye there, home against the Falcons at Tampa, home against the Panthers at the Falcons. Then they mm-hmm. end the year home against the 49ers, home against the Colts before they're at the Titans and at the Panthers. So I feel like the back half is pretty more a lot more manageable and coming out of the bye they play four games in a row against divisional teams which those games are like obviously key when you're trying to decide tiebreakers and stuff for who wins the division um so i feel like they're going to be like rested going into those games and i feel like that could play to their advantage um what are what are you expecting out of uh out of new orleans this year yeah so i think they're going to do um pretty well again like last yeah. year um I mean, Alvin Kamara can kind of change play. a game on his own. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, he's pretty good. Uh, and I think uh, Drew Brees didn't really show any signs of slowing down last year. No, um, not at all. He so, might try and be like Tom Brady where he yeah. plays into his 40s. And, or even yeah. I think Ben Roethlisberger might be trying to do that, although here in Steeler Nation, I think Ben's none of us really know what Ben Roethlisberger is going to do. So Yeah. Um, but yeah, it feels like it feels like Ben Roethlisberger has declined a little bit from his prime, um, whereas like Tom right. Brady and 
Drew Brees. Um, probably not as much. Um, I'd say out of the mean. three of those, actually, probably Drew Brees, I would say, has declined the least, I would think. I would agree, because he's still putting up like yeah. four to 5,000 yard seasons. and Yeah. I find um, it so interesting that they're good, because really like Michael Thomas is he's obviously like their top receiver but then like I honestly don't even know what other receivers on that team like he is so good at just like distributing the ball to him and you almost like never hear about who the other receivers are and I don't know like they just have a very efficient offense Um, can't say the same necessary for their defense but they have had some games where their defense has like stepped up and helped them win like, yeah, I, I remember their there defense was like a, has definitely improved. Um, yeah, I remember like a Monday night game they had against Carolina late in the year last year, where I think like the final score is like twelve to nine, and like you know their defense really like held them and held Carolina. Although Carolina was, they were kind of an off and on team last year. They're they're can be hard to predict. So, so you uh, think they're gonna they're gonna come out swinging and and they'll have a pretty good year this year? Yeah, I think so. I mean, okay, it looks like people are predicting their defense is going to be like in the top 10 oh, okay. in the league this year so okay cool um awesome. they can combine that with all the talent they have on offense and i think they'll do pretty well okay okay uh so with that we'll jump into the atlanta falcons they were not both both them and the panthers which we'll get into they were both seven and nine falcons did win the tiebreaker in terms of getting second though um and they uh both those teams did not make the playoffs uh, Falcons added Chris Lindstrom, a guard, and Caleb McGarry, an offensive tackle in the draft. Only main loss I could think of for them was Tevin Coleman, who was kind of like their change of pace, like second running back behind Devontae mm-hmm. Freeman. He went to the 49ers, um, but like honestly, I didn't really hear much coming out of camp or anything from the Falcons this year. I feel like they've kind of been an under-the-radar team as far as yeah. offseason the offseason goes um obviously since they finished second they're gonna the only changes to their schedules they'll be playing the vikings and the eagles which those ironically are their first two games of the year uh in fact when they play the eagles that'll be a sunday night football game week two um so they're at minnesota home against the eagles and then they are at the colts home against the titans at the texans at the Cardinals and then home against the Rams and Seahawks leading into their bye. So just like the Saints, they got eight games up front, eight games in the back. I think just generally looking, I wouldn't say, I guess maybe the back half is a little bit easier. I noticed just in looking at this up front, they don't play any divisional games in the front half. So, you know, if they're not doing super hot by the bye, it's not any alarm because six out of their last eight games are all against divisional teams because they're at new orleans at carolina home against tampa at uh home against new orleans home against carolina so got three straight home games against divisional teams then Mm -hmm. they end the year at the 49ers home against the jaguars and then at tampa so really the meat of their schedule in terms of tiebreakers and and who they need to beat to get in is coming out of the bye and it's five games in a row so i think that Having the bye then bodes well for them, as well as like having those like three home games in a row. I think is going to help them out too. Um, obviously, like they didn't make the playoffs last year. They made it to the Super Bowl in the 2016 season, but then 2017 they got to the playoffs and got to the divisional round. So, um, 
kind of took a step back last year. What are you expecting out of Atlanta? As I mentioned, kind of like an under-the-radar team. Haven't yeah. really heard much coming um, out of camp or anything. So I think they kind of underperformed a little bit last year. Um, I think part of that was due to um, injuries that they had, like uh, Devontae Freeman um, being injured. Um, but I I think they have... I think they have a lot of talent um, on offense, um, and especially with Devontae Freeman back, um, I think he's kind of uh, kind of a game changer at running back. So I think um, with with all those uh, people back from injury, um, they also had uh, it looks like Deion Jones and Keanu Neal um, were uh, lost to injuries as well. Um, okay. So I think I think with all these people back, I think I think they're going to be pretty solid this year. Okay. Okay. Um, are you, well, I guess we'll get into your playoff predictions, but do you think like <laughs> they'll compete for a, a a playoff spot, or do you think they might just miss out? Yeah. So I actually have them. I think they're going to get uh, a wild card. So. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Well, as I said at the very end after the yeah. two minute drill, we'll we'll get into those predictions. Uh, I kind of was alluding to the Panthers also finished seven and nine Panthers though were interesting. They started the season six and two. They were looking really good. Cam Newton was playing at an MVP level. And uh, as we know, Cam Newton, so the Panthers were the uh, team that Amazon prime, uh, they every, every year, the last four years, they've done a, a team where they kind of do like a hard knocks level documentary, but it's like, all throughout the regular season so okay. the carolina panthers I, I watched it like the last couple weeks um we're like the featured team from from last year because they don't release it until like after the draft and like in the summer usually and uh cam newton loves his outfits as you know <laughs> yeah. always wears a different outfit uh in the in the show he actually um has a he has his own tailor who like will come to his home to like help him like pick out his outfit for like whatever game. And, uh, <laughs> he, he definitely is into fashion needs yeah. to say, uh, in fact, in like the episode, he said something like, you know, some people are like Gucci hat, Gucci shirt, Gucci, this Gucci, that. And like, that's <laughs> just lazy, man. He's like, you gotta be unique. He is quite unique. In his <laughs> he is. And uh, he said it. He then, when the tailor is like helping him get dressed, I, I just like thought it was entertaining. But he's like, "Prime time said it best. You you, um, you dress good, you play good, you play good, they pay good." <laughs> Which I mean, the dude's probably making so much money he can pick out whatever outfit he wants, and he doesn't have to wear Gucci all the time. Yeah. So. Anyway, I thought I thought that was like a little entertaining. So anyway, they started the season six and two. They were playing well, and then there was a Thursday night game when they went to Pittsburgh that I remember watching, and they just got trounced. Like I, I don't know how else to put it. Like the final score I think was like fifty two to twenty one. Just like the first play that the Steelers had, because the Carolina came down and scored a touchdown right off the bat with uh with uh um uh, who's their sorry who's their running back that's like christian mccaffrey the, yeah christian mccaffrey they come down they score a touchdown with christian mccaffrey then first play it's like a 75 yard touchdown to juju smith schuster so <laughs> um 
Steelers like took over after that. And, and I think that might've been the game that like Cam Newton started having um, some shoulder issues and he was just like never the same. They even like shut him down uh, kind of with like two weeks left in the year once their playoff uh, hopes were diminished. So um, end of the season was not what they were hoping. Um, and then in terms of like off season, uh, they did lose or they added Brian Burns, the defensive end, Greg Little at offensive tackle, and Will Greer, who was the wide receiver, or I'm sorry, he was a quarterback for uh, West Virginia. Um, those were within their first three rounds. But in losses, they lost Matt Khalil an offensive tackle, who was like one of the top offensive line players, I'd say, in the NFL. They lost him originally to retirement, but I saw recently he did sign a contract with the Jets, so I guess he's not mm-hmm. retired. Um, they also lost Matt Paradis, a center, and Devin Funches, a wide receiver. So, you know, they kind of addressed that area in the draft with getting Greg Little, but then they also kind of went defensive end with Brian Burns. And I guess, I don't know if, I don't think Will Greer is going to be their backup. I think like Kyle Allen's their backup, but I guess they yeah. think Will Greer could be, could be like a top talent, you know, at some yeah. point, or, or if they can develop him, he could be to that point. Um, I'm not sure like what their plan is with Cam Newton overall, but um, mm-hmm. anyway, we'll jump into their schedule. Um, they play, they play six games before their bye, and obviously like their main, the main only differences in their roster or their schedules, they'll be playing Green Bay and the Redskins. So those, you know, those were the teams that finished third in their respective divisions. Um, so they've opened against the Rams at home, Tampa Bay at home. And they're at Arizona, at Houston, home against the Jaguars, at Tampa. Uh, so I'd say, obviously, like the Rams are tough, but then after that, they could they could win a bunch of those games, depending on what Carolina team shows up this year. Back half of the schedule, I'd say, is a little bit tougher because they got at the 49ers, home against the Titans, at the Packers, home against the Falcons, at the Saints, home against the Redskins, at the Falcons. Home against the Seahawks, at the Colts, and then home against the Saints. So it's like back and forth, home away, home away. They never get like a consistent like we're at home for like two or three games in a row or, or whatnot. So that could wear them out. Um, those last three games are like against, or those last four, I should say, are against uh, the Falcons, Seahawks, Colts, Saints. I think that's going to really define their season, especially because most of their divisional games will be have played at that point. And, um, you know, I think all of those teams could be fighting for the playoffs this year. Uh, what are you expecting out of Carolina? As Cam Newton said, you look good, you play good. You play good, they pay good. Yeah. What, what do you, what Cam Newton shows up and, and what Carolina yeah. team shows up? Um, yeah, so they also brought in uh, Gerald McCoy. Um, oh, yeah, he was uh, previously with the Buccaneers. I believe so, yes. He was like a uh-huh. defensive end. Mm-hmm. I saw um, recently he like wanted to be in the – Buccaneers like he was like I belong in the ring of honor and like Warren Sapp was like no you don't or something like that because <laughs> <laughs> he's um, like you literally never got this team to the playoffs or anything but anyway yeah. I'll let you finish yeah so they brought him in so that should help their uh, defense some um, and I feel like the Panthers are always solid as long as Cam Newton's healthy um, I feel like he can kind of carry a team on his own but also if he's not playing well it uh team kind of seems to fall apart so i feel like a lot of it hinges on cam um and 
I think uh, I think DJ Moore is gonna step up this year um, at receiver. Okay. okay. Um, I know Norv Turner. I believe is still the offensive coordinator. He was in his first year there last year. So, kind mm-hmm. of a an old school offensive coordinator with a unique personality like Cam Newton. I think maybe last year like it just didn't gel well enough. Um, yeah, I don't know. And then I know uh, like Greg Olson has been kind of off and on with injury. Um, mm-hmm. At one point, I mean, he's like. They kind of alluded to it in the um, all or all or nothing's the name of that Amazon Prime documentary, but uh, they kind of alluded like Greg Olson's kind of like Cam Newton's safety blanket. So like mm-hmm. if the pocket's breaking down and Cam's like you know brushing off defenders, he he's gonna look for Greg Olson first. But I feel like probably now that safety blanket's gonna be McCaffrey because um, McCaffrey is just so dynamic as a running back slash wide receiver option. Um, I think he like set the NFL record for like receptions by running back last year. Uh, yeah, so he's he's yeah. just like very very dynamic. Like they definitely like made a great decision in in selecting him as high as they did. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it just it's gonna come down to Cam. Personally, I don't think that this team is gonna get into the playoffs. But you know, if Cam shows up to those press conferences, deck to yeah. the nines. <laughs> Maybe maybe they'll have some tricks in the bag we don't know about. So um, yeah. we'll just have to wait and see. Um, mm-hmm. We'll finish with the Buccaneers. Um, this is a team that's also been going through a lot of transition. They were they were five and eleven last year. Um, they had the number five overall pick. They went with Devin White, who was that linebacker from LSU, uh, at number five overall. So they passed on a couple other like top level uh defensive players like josh allen or ed oliver um those were some other players i thought might have gone higher but i mean devin white's still like a very good linebacker like i don't i'm not questioning their pick i'm just saying there were some other defensive players that i thought were were pretty good so they kind of had the choice of who's going to best fit their scheme they went with devin white uh they also drafted sean bunting a corner uh jamel dean another corner and mike edwards a safety so they went like defensive heavy uh in their first three rounds of the draft uh and then in terms of losses they let go of ryan fitzpatrick who i mentioned earlier is with miami uh at quarterback uh adam humphrey is a wide receiver deshaun jackson a wide receiver he returned back to the eagles and then mm-hmm. Quan alexander a linebacker so i'd say they really added in the defensive department they lost a couple players in at offense uh I'm not really too sure what's going on with that offense. I know they did also the major move that they made was Bruce Arians is coming back to the NFL yeah. and he's going to be their head coach. Uh, he was at one point the Cardinals head coach. And before that he was once a uh, offensive coordinator, of the Steelers, um, which Jameis Winston's gotten a lot of comparisons in the past to Ben Roethlisberger in terms of like size and play. So, um, mm-hmm. And even before that, he was uh, Peyton Manning's first quarterback coach. That's true. And I also (laughs) remember he was – there was a year where – do you remember um, like Chuck Pagano when he was the Colts head coach got like diagnosed with cancer? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bruce Arians, who was – it was kind of like the interim coach for a lot of the year. I think like Bruce Arians won coach of the year that season. Yeah. Uh, even though he didn't like coaching the entire season. Um, Cause I was like Andrew's, Lu- I want to say it was like Andrew Luck's rookie season. So he's coached a lot of great quarterbacks of years. Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Carson Palmer when he was in Arizona. Um, he didn't get the chance to, to coach uh, Josh Rosen though, which, <laughs> oh, well anyway, um, 
their schedule i'm just looking at it and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about bruce arians and whatnot um they got six games up front 10 games in the back uh up front they got the 49ers at home they're at carolina they're home against the giants then back-to-back road games against the rams and saints before they're home against the panthers again so by week is week seven it looks like also that game against carolina is going to be a london game because i see 9 30 a.m on the schedule so looks like tampa's given up a home game to do that um they then are at tennessee at seattle then they're home against arizona and new orleans before they're on the road for back-to-back again against the falcons and jaguars and then the end of the year i'd say is fairly manageable they got home against the colts they're at the lions and they're home against the texans and falcons so kind of flex their schedule kind of fluctuates like there's a couple teams in there that i think are going to be like probably predictable losses like the rams and the saints and i mean i guess i played the saints twice they could sneak a game but i don't think that they will um so this is i think by by having bruce arians as your head coach you're basically saying all right you gotta fix Jameis winston because he's not (laughs) he hasn't gotten us the playoffs like this is kind of like your passion project and you know Jameis's tenure with the team is going to be determined on how Bruce Arians does with coaching him. What are you expecting out of Tampa this year? Is this a, is this a team that scares you? Yeah. Or no? Uh, no, I don't think they scare okay. me particularly. Okay. Um, I think, uh, I mean, I think, I mean, like I said earlier, I think Jameis Winston has done okay, but he's just, uh, He's turned over the ball too much, um, mm-hmm. a lot of interceptions, things like that. Um, I do. He does have uh, Mike Evans, which I think has helped him out a lot because he yeah, just definitely. like catches anything thrown near him. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think um, uh, their addition of uh, Indomik and Sue should help. Oh yeah, I forgot so, about that. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I I don't see Bruce Arians turning this around completely. Um, I could see I could see the Buccaneers like moving on from Jameis Winston after this year if things if, like don't work out. Are, yeah, if things don't work out, how many years do you think Bruce Arians like realistically is actually going to coach that team? Because I was a little bit surprised when he came out and and. Um, and decided coaching him because I know he like retired and he had, yeah. he had had a lot of good like seasons as a coach and whatnot. But um, he, I was, yeah, I, 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 I think no he's clue, maybe going to be do, like three what, years. Yeah. I mean, it all just depends like how successful this team can be while he's there. I, I just, I don't know. They've, this team's got a lot of question marks. I feel like, and I think that they definitely have made f- some very good strides for the, uh, you know, for their defense especially. Um, but like they're gonna have a long, they're gonna have a long stretch at one point in the year where they don't have any home games for a while. Like I'm just like generically looking at their schedule. Like they've got a home game against the Giants on September 22nd, but then they won't have another game at home against until November 10th because they've mm-hmm. got some road games. Then that game against Carolina, they're gonna be playing in London. Then they got a bye, and then they got two more road games. So there's gonna be a while where the fans in Tampa aren't gonna be able to root on their team at home. 
Uh, so I think that that's not really going to bode super well for their roster. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think they're probably going to be bottom of the barrel in their division. Uh, it's either going to be them or Carolina because I don't. Yeah. As I said, it, it just depends on what Cam Newton shows up, and I think the Panthers are still like maybe in a little bit of a rebuild rebuild mode right now. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. All right, so uh, with that, we're now going to jump into the two-minute drill. Uh, Andrew, thanks uh, for sticking with us here on the show. Uh, Do you mind uh, giving us your predictions for the six seeds in the AFC and NFC. And you can just like go in order and then we'll go through your championship games predictions uh, after you go through the teams. Sure. Um, so for the AFC, uh-huh. I think the uh, one seed is going to be the Chiefs. Uh, okay. Just got a lot of talent on there. Um, two seed, I'm going to do a bit of a homer pick. I'm going to say the Ravens for the two seed. Okay. Um, I think the Patriots will get the three seed because I don't really have too much hope for any of the other teams in their division. <laughs> no. Um, Maybe the Bills, but uh, yeah. we'll see. Um, and then I'll put the Texans at the fourth seed. Okay. Um, for the fifth seed, I'm going to say the Chargers. And then for the sixth seed, I'm going to go with the Browns. Okay, so you're going to be one of those people who thinks Browns are getting <laughs> into the playoffs. That's a, that's perfectly fine. I, I, I yeah. would say half half of the people that I've interviewed here on the show uh, doing NFL predictions have you know half have said Browns, half have not said the Browns. You you and Andrew Moser said the Browns, and then Bo and Zach both did not. And I'll you know after this my next episode I'll give my final predictions on on what I think is going to happen, but. Uh, Hey, I mean that's not a bad pick if that's that's how you think. I mean their roster is very talented, so mm-hmm. uh, so then um, we'll jump into the NFC now. Uh, who are your who are your seeds? Um, so first seed I think will be the uh, Saints. Second seed would be the Eagles. Third seed is the Rams. And then the fourth seed, um, the Vikings. Okay. And then for the wild cards, um, like I said earlier, I think the Falcons are going to do pretty well. So I think they'll be the fifth seed. And then um, I would probably go with the Packers for the sixth seed. Okay. Never count Excellent. out uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, no, no, yeah. not at all. Um, so then, with that, so as, now that you've like forecasted who you know where you think these teams are going to fall in the dra- you know, in their seating, mm-hmm. what are you thinking are going to be the AFC and NFC championship matchups? Um, well, I feel like if I were to predict uh, upsets in the playoffs, that would kind of go against my uh, predictions for the year. So <laughs> um, I'll say the Chiefs versus the Ravens in the AFC. And okay, actually, I'll do a little bit 
of an upset for the NFC. I'll I'll say the Eagles and the Rams for the NFC. All right. Well, if you have Philly as number two and the Rams as number three, I think they would face each other in the divisional round. Is that if uh, I recall your seeding? Oh yeah. I mean, I guess they could because they do reseeding in the NFL playoffs, right? Right, but what I'm saying is like there's no way that the if you have the Saints that is your one seed, there's no way that the Rams would be able to play them as the three seed in the division. Oh round. yeah, do you Good see point. what I mean? Yeah, you're right that they do a reseeding, but they just do like the lowest seeded team yeah, now plays yeah, whoever's yeah. number one. So sorry to to oh no 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 it's all good. Um, so I would probably say the Saints and the Eagles then. Okay. Okay. So you're so the teams that had home games in their championship games last year are going to repeat. So you got Kansas City and New Orleans being the sites of those of those mm-hmm. championship games again. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I think uh, those were teams that a lot of other people were very high on going into the year. So that's that's pretty fair. Um, all right. So uh, with that, we're going to end the episode on the AFC South and NFC South. I think I would say that there was a lot of good uh, discussion we had about some of these teams as i said like afc south super wide open i I have no idea what's going to happen in that (laughs) division to be completely honest and then in the nfc south as cam newton said you look good you play good (laughs) so uh you know it's kind of just depends on what teams show up i think the saints will be strong again but you know again a lot of that other division i i have a lot of question marks with so um andrew thanks uh once again for uh being our first uh repeat guest host here on the show and <laughs> yeah, thanks uh, for having me we're gonna um you know after i do my final preseason episode in a, in a day or two we'll um we'll have you back on definitely during the season we're gonna be doing uh we're gonna be doing like more of a roundtable discussion with other guest hosts who've either been on the show or haven't been on the show and uh we will be talking about the games that have happened as well as you know some stardom or sinum type matchups on the fan- in terms of fantasy uh, and then we'll be doing them like every other week, starting probably after week three of the NFL season. So uh, I know you'll be watching some games and yep. getting in some storylines. <laughs> we'll definitely check in about that uh, SEC Twitter account, uh, yes. <laughs> officiating Twitter account. Uh, yeah. But yeah, thanks once again for uh, calling in and uh, thanks for just uh, helping with producing a, a great podcast episode. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. All right, Andrew. Thanks again. Have a good evening.